0: Get ready to hear the message, man. So good to have you guys here. How's everybody doing today? You guys doing all right? We, uh, we had an incredible first service, and I really believe that God's really gonna speak to us here today, this second service. If you have your Bibles, um, and you want to follow along, turn to Matthew chapter 3. If by any chance you don't have a Bible, don't worry. Most verses will be up on the screen, uh, but we do want to encourage you. Download the YouVersion app. It's a free app. It's a great way to connect with God's Word throughout the week. And um, and so I think that it'll it'll be a, a huge help to you. So Matthew chapter 3. <clears throat> Over the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about... Two commands that Jesus left us. Some people call them ordinances. Some people call them practices. Two things that Jesus told us to observe. Okay, The first one is the significance of baptism. The significance of baptism. And then we're going to be doing that today. And then um, the second one is the significance of baptism communion now i want to kind of give you a heads up okay we have some people that have uh been already scheduled to get baptized but i want you to know that if today if god puts in your heart like man i like i really want to and and i'll explain what baptism is i'll do all of that during the message but i want you to know that if you're here today and there's a little bit there's a little even a tiny seed of of faith and god is saying to you i think you should Take that step of obedience. I think you should get baptized. I want you to know whether you signed up or not, we are ready for you. Okay, what does that mean? That means we bought some extra uh, T-shirts. We have um, extra additional shorts. We have uh, towels. We are ready for you. The only thing that you need to do today is be obedient to whatever God's putting in your heart. Okay, so this week's The Significance of Baptism Next week, the significance of communion. Why do we baptize people? Like, why do we do this thing called communion or the Lord's Supper? I mean, uh, such an ancient practice. I mean, hundreds of years after Jesus was here. Well, the Bible tells us a little bit about it, and we're going to get into it. So Matthew chapter 3, we're going to read the whole chapter here in a second. But let me just say this as we begin. Human beings, we are a little strange, when you say, have you ever met a strange human being? Would you just raise your hand, kind of, there you go. There, if you, feedback is good. This is a conversation, okay? The more you talk to me, the shorter I go, all right? So if you don't talk to me, we're going to go along. But if you talk to me, little man, we'll be in and out. That's a joke. Um, when you talk to me, we tend to go long. So just, no, I'm just kidding, just kidding. But we're a little strange, right? You've met a, a strange human being before, we have this unusual propensity for markers and milestones. It's like mi- markers and milestones. What are you What are you talking about? Well, throughout our lives, our journey as we. Um, you know we're alive we celebrate different things like we celebrate birthdays we celebrate baby dedication like in a few weeks on mother's day we're gonna have baby dedication so if you have a child has been born in the last year and two and you want to dedicate him you're welcome to to join us for that we do like weddings and anniversary and retirement parties and funerals we have this tendency It's a sort of a, a natural need, I guess. It's a sort of an innate desire to celebrate, to mark, that's the word, to mark special moments in our lives. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. So before Lee and I got engaged, um, I created this little tiny book, okay? It was sort of like an album or, you know, just a little book that I put together with a bunch of pictures and I printed some things and it was basically all of the special moments that we had had together. We dated for about three years before we uh, got engaged. And so, you know, I'm, I'm giving her this book. She has no idea that I'm going to ask her to marry me, okay? And I'm showing her this little book. She's probably thinking, what a weirdo, you know, just like showing me just a little book with a bunch of pictures. I mean, you know, and I actually thought maybe I should show the church, you know, but I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Should I show you a few of the pictures? You guys want to see them? Nah. Um. I'll show them to you, but you can't laugh, all right? You're already laughing. (laughs) Can't laugh, all right? These are ancient, okay? All right, let's, with hesitation, I haven't even told her that I was showing these, but let's go ahead and show the first one right here. Look at that. That was about a month after um, after we met. You see, I did have hair. Some of you, you've been asking. That's proof right there. I did have hair. That was... That was, I'll never forget that night. That was the first time we kissed, and you can, you can see it in my face. I was happy, you know. <laughs> um, here's another one. Here's our, this is our next one. Um, our, this is our first Christmas together, young love, and then the last one. This is when I knew, man, this girl, she can handle anything, you know. <laughs> Um, so I'm flipping through this book, and I'm showing it to her. And the, the title of it is Special Moments or Special Occasions. Again, she has no idea that I'm going to ask her. And I flipped through a bunch of pictures the last three years. And the last page, they, there was basically a statement that said, Today is another special day. And, of course, I got on my knees, and I asked her to marry me. And we have had that little book. We've had it. For over 20 plus years. Now you may say like why do you do that? What kind of, you know, who does that? Well as human beings we like to mark special moments. And when Jesus was here on planet earth he said there are two moments that I want you to mark. I want you to celebrate. These are special moments. Moments in the life of a of a Christian. Okay, maybe you're here and you're not a believer, and that's perfectly fine with us. You don't have to believe what I believe in order or what the church believes in order for us to love on you. And so, if you have questions, if like, look, that's that's awesome. We love questions, difficult subjects. We tackle those um, often. And um, and so, but when it comes to like other living things, like animals, your pets, or even plants they don't have this unusual propensity to want to celebrate things, right? Like my, our puppy, our, our dog, we've had him for what? He's not a puppy anymore, but 14 years, 13 years, I don't know how long, but it's been a while. He's about to die, uh, we hope. No, I'm just joking, no, just joking. That's, that was cruel. That was, sorry, that, I don't know where that came from. But he's, he's old, he's blind, he can't see, runs into walls, I mean, it's just a mess. That's a different story. But like animals, don't, they don't care um, if you don't celebrate their birthdays, right? Like Bandit is his name, you know What kind of preacher gives their pet uh, that name? Bandit, right? And so he doesn't care if we, if we don't celebrate his birthday, doesn't care Like your plants, your plants at home After the winter storm last year Maybe you lost some plants your, your neighbor's plants are not coming over to your house And saying we gotta have a proper burial For your plants that you just lost, right? Like plants, animals They don't have this unusual propensity but when it comes to human beings, we do want to set markers, milestones. They matter to us. And guys, you know, like all you have to do is forget your, your anniversary. And it's like, oh, no, that's a big no-no, you know. She'll let you know. Parents, you know, you forget your kid's birthday. Oh, man, that's a, they'll never let that one down, right? So two major markers that we're going over. The first one is baptism. We're going to talk about that today, Baptism. Sort of a single, introductory, one-time initial ceremony. And then the second one is next week, that's communion. This one we celebrate on a regular basis, okay? So when it comes to communion, the Bible says, do it as often as as you do it, okay? Do it to remember the sacrifice that I've paid, all right? So baptism, it's just a one-time. You don't have to do it every week. But the Bible says that you do when you do it, it has to be your own decision. In other words, it's not your parents pushing you to do it. It's not. It's not. Um. It's not the pressure that the preacher puts on you. You know that guy is just twisting my arm to get baptized. None of that. Okay. It's just your own. It's. It's the introductory um uh, ceremony that you make to say I am in. I, I am a Jesus follower. And those are the two things that kind of God has. Put in place for us. Now, you may say, "You know what? I already know about baptism. I already know about communion." But here's my here's my thinking. It's it doesn't hurt to sharpen our, our Bible skills a little bit, okay? Because you somebody may ask you, somebody may say, "You know, what does your church believe about uh, baptizing uh, babies?" For example, okay, like do, does life would baptize babies? And and the answer to that is no, we don't. And so could you share with somebody, biblically, not just something that we just came up out of nowhere, no, but could you share with someone, biblically, what it is that we don't baptize? Maybe somebody else may say, hey, does somebody forfeit their salvation when, if they don't want to get baptized? Um, that's another question that people may ask. Like, maybe you have a friend and says, like, does that mean if I don't get baptized that I don't? That I don't make it into heaven? Well, that, the answer is no to that. But can you, can you prove that from Scripture? Can you show them? And so I think it's good to, to sharpen our skills a little bit, and that's kind of the purpose of today. Maybe someone says, can you have somebody? So next week, right, we're going to do communion, Lord's Supper. Uh, uh, can you have someone take communion who's not a believer? Okay, next week, I'm sure we'll have. In a crowd this size, I know that people show up every week, week after week. Not you know, not really believing what you believe. They have questions or whatnot. And so can you have somebody who's not a believer um, take, be a part of your communion service? And so we're going to tackle a lot of those questions uh, today and next week. Okay, so we're in Matthew chapter 3. I'm going to read the whole chapter. And there's a lot of verses, but I really want you to get the context. Hopefully I won't lose you, uh, but let's get into it. Okay, verse 1. In those days... John the Baptist came to to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was this. This is the message that John was preaching, okay? Repent, verse 2, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, you may say, what does that mean? The kingdom of heaven is near. Well, John is talking about something that the Bible communicates to us and it's this. When God steps foot into planet earth, okay, when Jesus is born, by the way, Jesus' name is Emmanuel, which means God with us, that's when the, the, that's what John is referring to when he says the kingdom of heaven. Let me kind of explain it like this. John was sort of like the forerunner, okay? He was the guy that came before Jesus, kind of paving the way for the Messiah, And so John is is telling his people, hey, listen, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, God himself, Jesus, Emmanuel, God incarnate, he is here with us. And you've got to get your hearts ready. That was the message that John was preaching. Okay, let's look at it. Verse 3. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he's a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord's coming clear the road for him. So there was a prophecy back in the Old Testament was already speaking in in clear terms of future events of what was to come. And so what what Matthew's doing here is like, hey, prophet Isaiah was already talking about John, okay? And he's describing John, verse four. John's clothes uh, were woven from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food he ate locusts and wild honey. So I don't want to lose you, but... Basically, very unique individual. Verse 5. People from Jerusalem. Now, pay attention to this. Jerusalem was about 20 miles away, okay? Jerusalem was the epicenter of all religious affairs. So, Jesus begins this movement away from the temple, away from religion, okay? 20 miles away, we find John. And it says people from jerusalem and from all over judea all over the area all over the jordan valley went out to see him and to hear him and watch this verse six when they pay attention to this when they help me out what's that next word when they say with enthusiasm when they Confess. confess there's a theme here that i want you to notice i know it's a lot of verses when they confess their sins He baptized them in the Jordan River. Notice the pattern, okay? But, verse 7, when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees, these were the, the religious leaders of the day, okay? The Pharisees were legalistic, hypocritical. They followed the letter of the law, but they forgot the intent, of it, the true intent, they're for God, and so they were very mean people, they're very judgmental, the Sadducees, on the other hand, they were sad, you see, Sadducees, sorry, that joke, bad joke, it didn't work on the first one, didn't work on the second one, it's all good, I'll step away from it, Sadducees, they would sad, you see, you'll get that one later, I'm sorry, Um, okay, I'll move on, Um, the Sadducees were religious leaders of the day, and they would use their position for political gain okay they were they came from nobility priestly nobility they um they didn't get along so the pharisees and the sadducees they hated each other and they actually when jesus comes into the scene they hated jesus so these two groups they're coming to see john they've traveled 20 miles to hear him to see him and here's what john says to them really strong language i'm just warning you verse 8 john says prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God wow that's that's a little bit harsh but there is a pattern here john is if you know the history something is changing for the longest time religion has been stuck in this this bondage of just controlling people we tell you what to do we tell you what you're supposed to you're not supposed to do what you're supposed to do john has gotten away from that 20 miles away and he's he's preaching a message that may come across a little harsh but he's actually preaching it to the religious leaders of the day and he's saying prove yourself prove yourself by the way you live if you've repented of your sins and turned to god Don't say, verse 9, don't say to each other, we're safe. For we are descendants of Abraham. Often people will rely on religion. Um, for their relationship with god i've heard people in the past say you know what my parents they were in the ministry so i must be good or you know my our, my denomination or my my membership is with the church we've been members for 20 years you know and they rely on on the they rely on on membership or even their parents are past to feel good and to think oh i'm in you know, my parents are in. I'm, I must be good. I'm, I'm good. And John, he's, he's attacking that way of thinking. He's like, hey, you know what? Not so fast, buddy. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we're descendants of Abraham. He says, that means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. And then he says, it gets even stronger, verse 10, even now the ax... Of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes. Every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. So there's a, I mean, I I get it. Strong language. There is a heaven. There is a hell. There is a place for punishment for people who do evil. And there is a place of, of redemption for those who believe in Jesus Christ. And so he's like going at it like really, really hard. It says... The axis of God's judgment is poised, is ready to cut, to sever the roots of the trees. Verse 11, verse 11. He says, I baptize with water those who repent of of their sins and turn to God. Notice the theme. But someone is coming soon who's greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy to even be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Watch this, verse 12. He's ready to separate the chaff, and I'll explain this here in a second, from the wheat with his winnowing fork. And he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. So I was looking up in in my Bible, this winnowing fork, it's like a pitchfork, okay? And what they would do in that culture is they would take the wheat and they would they would throw it in the air and the wind would blow it and it would separate the wheat from from the chaff and what they would do of course the chaff is is the part that nobody it's the outer shell the wheat is a useful part of the plant the part that you you keep and so what they would do it when they would throw it in the air the wind would blow it it would separate the chaff from the wheat and the chaff was burned the wheat was gathered, Okay, and he was used for food and all that. And I think the point that John is making is, get your hearts ready because judgment is coming, is what he's saying. Get your hearts in the right place. You're relying on religion. You're relying on your to-do things. You think that you're in. You think you're saved because you call Abraham your father. You could not be any further from the truth. And he says, there is a place for uh, where we will all be judged. Verse 13, we're almost done. Thank you for being patient. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River and to be baptized by John. Verse 14, but John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one that needs to baptize you, he says. Why are you coming to me? So he knows who Jesus is. But Jesus says This should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him in other words, Jesus, the Son of God, tells John, "This is such a big important. This is such an important um, event. Okay, this marker, this milestone, is such a big deal that even the Son of God is going to follow it through in obedience." And says, "John is like, no, I shouldn't be the one. Like you baptize me, I shouldn't baptize." And it's like, no, 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 no. Don't you get? Don't you get it? Like we must carry out. All that God requires. And so John agreed to be baptized, to baptize him, excuse me. Verse 16, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. And we're going to close, we're going to stop there. I believe that there are some people here today who will step forward, whether you've signed up or not. There are some people here today, you've heard from God. God is saying, you know what, I really want to make a commitment. I want to do it on my own. Not because I was baptized as a baby, not because, in my case... I was baptized as a baby. i was born. I was born in Venezuela, the Catholic religion. Everybody, you know, uh, you born in Ven- you're, when you're born in Venezuela, like in South America, you're immediately you're, you know, you're in you're you're a Catholic. And so, I, at 12 years old, my mom and my parents were getting uh, uh, baptized, and so she encouraged me, and so I did it to please her. You know, it was like, what's the big deal? I just get in the water, you know. And then I ended up doing. Ministry, You know, moved to Florida when I was six, 15, 16. And then I get into ministry. And for years, I had never gotten baptized because I had made that decision of my own. It had always been as a baby or because I wanted to please my mom. And so I believe that some of you today, you're, you're going to say, you know what? I want to do this of my own accord. And if that's you today, I believe that our Heavenly Father is going to speak those words. He's going he's to say, this is my dearly loved son. This is my dearly loved daughter who brings me great joy. The Bible says that when one of us, even if one of us makes a spiritual decision for God, even if there's one, the Bible says that heaven rejoices. There is a a party going on today for those of you who are stepping over the line of faith and say, you know what, I'm not doing this because somebody else is telling me I'm not doing it because the preacher is twisting my arm. I am in, I am tired of walking my own ways, and I want to declare publicly that I am a Jesus follower. And I believe if that's your heart today, those are the very words that God will speak over your life. What is baptism? A couple of thoughts and we'll be done. Seven minutes. Baptism is your, let's put it on the screen, your initial, your initiation as a Jesus follower. It's something that you do one time right after you become a Christian. It's your first step of obedience. When you look at the Bible, you give your life to Christ. Immediately what happens after that is baptism. Um, Repentance always comes right before it. So Acts 2 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Okay? So repentance always happens. Uh, Confession, which is basically agreeing with God, uh, is it it always happens. So Acts uh excuse me, Matthew 3.6, we read it earlier, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. You may say, like, okay, what is confession? Well, you don't confess to me. I'm not your priest. You confess to the Lord. Confession is just agreeing with God. So, for example, like, you know, confession is when you say, okay, God says, thou shall not kill. All right, I agree with what he's saying. I'm not going to kill. Thou shall not commit adultery. Okay, I agree with what what your word says. And if you've, you know, thou shall not lie or whatever, whatever the command is, what you're saying is, okay, Lord, I've messed up. Okay? I'm going to confess. I'm going to agree with that what you say is true. And then I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go in in a different direction. Okay? When that happens, the very next step for a new believer is baptism. Now, the difference is when you, you can repent. Often You should be repenting often. It's like doing your dirty laundry, right? Like You don't want to wear the same clothes forever and ever and ever. So you kind of wash your clothes uh, maybe once a week, maybe once a couple every other week. But you're constantly doing that. That's what repentance is. You're constantly kind of washing your heart and saying, Lord, man, I messed up. I went down this path and I shouldn't. I shouldn't have uh, gone down that path. Would you forgive me? And then you just readjust because what happens to us is if there's no repentance ever in your life you start heading down bad paths and before you know it you're like man how did i get here well it was one step at a time okay what do i confess the bible says you confess your sins it could be a multitude of things i wrote a few down addictions that's a sin Anger, man, I, get, I lost my temper the other day. That's a sin. Uh, causing dissension, like maybe uh, at church, maybe at work, you've said some things, you've kind of poisoned the well. That's a sin. Being controlled by your emotions, you know, man, you're constantly whatever happened, you know, that's a sin. Um, covetousness, uh, deceitfulness, being dishonest, getting drunk, uh, that's a sin. False guilt, if you're the type of person that you're always feeling guilt. Uh, guilty uh, The Bible says that's a sin Lying, gluttony, you can put my name there Greediness, lust um, uh, Jealousy, uh, materialism uh, Maybe, maybe that's, th- There's something there that you're Kind of dealing with in life and you're like Man, I've been, you know, all I'm thinking about All I'm doing is this one thing You know, we want this house, we want this car We want this thing And, uh, and you're obsessing over it Well, the Bible says it's not so good uh, Prejudice Maybe you're being prejudiced against someone else. That's a sin. Profanity is a sin. Um, Rebellion against authority. Self-hatred. We talked about that two weeks ago when we did the message on suicide. Uh, Sexual immorality is a sin. Your temper. Vanity. So the list goes on and on, and I don't want to bore you to death, okay? But what you do, God says, is you recognize it, you agree with the Lord, you repent, and you turn around. So what does baptism do then? Three thoughts. One, baptism separates counterfeit versus authentic. It's one thing to own your junk in the privacy of your heart. And I, we often at the end of the message, I ask you to raise your hand. and Everybody's head is bowed and everybody's eyes are closed. You know, and We try to be very private. I don't ask you to stand up. I don't ask you to come forward and any of that stuff. You know, it's private. It's between you and the Lord, and that's one thing. But it's a tall, to- totally different ball game to get on that baptistry and declare publicly, "This is the real deal." When you say, "Totally different," to to be like, "Oh man, I'm owning my stuff," and I do it every every weekend. I was like, "Lord, before I get up there, you know my sin, Lord. I'm I gotta own it. I gotta repent. I gotta, you know." That's a one. That's one thing totally different to get up up there so baptism separates the counterfeit versus authentic you get dunk you get dunk in front of a couple hundred people that's terrifying that's a lot harder that means you're like you really mean business like this is this is you're going public here's the second thing baptism asks the question do you really uh, or answers the question uh, do you really mean it Baptism Ask the question, do you really mean it? Are you authentic? Are you really serious about this, this whole relationship thing with Jesus? Or are you just kind of playing games? Are you a, a closet counterfeit? Are you like fake? Do you, like, are you just kind of like, you know, just a counterfeit Christian? Or do you really mean business? Number three, baptism basically is putting on the Jesus jersey. And you've heard me say that before. You're putting on the Jesus jersey. You're saying, you know what? I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. When, um, when in Luke chapter 3, there were some tax collectors that came up to John. And if you know the, the culture, tax collectors would gather tax for Rome, but they would also charge you a little bit more, a lot more, and then they would pocket the difference. So they'd pay Rome, and then they, they, they'd pocket some. And the Bible says in Luke chapter three that there were some tax collectors that came up to John and says, "We want to get teacher. We want to get baptized. What do we do?" And you know what John says? John three three thirteen. He says, "Don't collect any more than you're required." Super simple. Don't don't keep going down this path. Confess, repent, then you can get baptized. And so there's a pattern that you see all over the Bible. About baptism Uh, I'm going to ask our band to get on stage We're going to kind of wrap things up But I want to answer two questions for you The first one is What does the Bible say About babies Okay being baptized Does Does that count Maybe you were baptized as a baby Well there are wonderful people That fall in both camps Okay I'll start with that Personally I believe that in In order for you to get baptized, you have to be old enough to recognize your own sin. That's why I kind of went down that path throughout the message. It's not, it's not, um, uh, basically, it's your relationship with the Lord. It's not your parents' relationship with the Lord, okay? And so, now, for whatever it's worth, there's not a single reference, not a single reference in all of the Bible, Old and New Testament of a baby ever being baptized, okay? That's the reason why we, we don't baptize uh, babies. Um, you need to repent. Um, a baby can't do that, right? And so, but uh, it doesn't matter if you're an introvert, it does not matter if you're an extrovert, it does not matter if, uh, where you come from, what your socioeconomic status is. Um, what matters is that you're mature enough to say, you know what, I'm in. I'm going to make a decision a public commitment Um, often what parents will do is they push their kids and they do it a little bit too much and so what I would encourage you if you have young kids I would encourage you to let them know if we ever have baptism or whatever you know but don't push them so much because as parents we know what's best for them but it should be their faith It's, it's not your faith and so what I encourage you is mention it, answer any questions that they have, but don't push them. Because often when you push your kids, they, will, they want to please you. Especially when you're talking about the things of God, man, they want, they want to do what's right, right? And so if you push a child to get baptized, yeah, they may say yes, they may come forward and get baptized, but then doubt themselves 10, 15 years, 20 years later. Now, the flip side of that is this. What I often see is a child come forward and says, I want to get baptized. And I see the parents, oh, no, 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 not just yet. You're not ready. And I hate that because as parents, we should be, we should fan the spiritual flame that our kids have. We should be the spiritual cheerleaders. And when a child says, I want to get baptized, I get it. They may not understand all of the theology behind it. But baptism is really not that hard to explain. You know? You really think about it, you're just going public, you're just telling the the world, I'm a Jesus fan. You know? You can tell a child in very simple words hey, baptism doesn't save you, okay? You're, You're just telling people you love Jesus and that's as simple as it gets I mean if you want to go deep you can say when you it come down under the water it's kind of Jesus when he would died on the cross and then we bring you back out and you're a new person you can go but it doesn't take a theology degree to teach a child you know what it takes and so sometimes children man Jesus says don't prevent the children from coming to me because the kingdom of heaven is, is theirs The kingdom of heaven is theirs. He didn't say that about me. didn't say that about you. So you have a child that that has a, a heart for the Lord. They want to get baptized. There's nothing in the Bible that says, thou shall not get baptized if you're six years old. Nothing. If they recognize that they're not perfect and that Jesus died for them, encourage them. Fan the flame. One last question. I know I'm over my time. What if a person refuses to get baptized? What then? Will they forfeit their salvation? And the answer is no. I resound in no. I want you to hear me. Only Jesus saves. Okay? Only Jesus saves. There's nothing special about the water. There's nothing special about the guy that's going to baptize in just a few minutes. There's nothing, you know, like some people think that if the, a religious leader just sprinkles some water on you, you're in, you can, you're going to heaven. Nothing like that is found in God's word. Nothing special, okay? Now, if I can be super honest with you, When someone says, someone who's a Jesus follower says to me, you can't get me to get over there over my dead body. You're not going to get to dunk me. If I can be vulnerable, when I hear that attitude, when I hear that sentiment, I often wonder. If I can be be honest with you, I often wonder about their relationship with the Lord because baptism is the first step of obedience I'll wrap up with this true story I have a new friend his name is Austin uh, a few weeks ago he finds out from somebody in our church that we were doing the message on, uh, on anxiety, the series on anxiety some of you guys were here for that we were talking about anxiety and all of that and um, Austin finds out we have all of our messages on YouTube, Facebook, all of that. He gets the link, jumps on, and he messaged us. He says, hey, um, I heard you say that the following week... You guys, come on. Come on over. You guys, give it up for our kids. Yes. Um, he, uh, he messaged us, and he, he says, hey... I found out from your message that next week you're talking about suicide and, um, and I just wanted to tell you, and he sent us, I mean he texted us, he emailed us, he says I want to tell you that I actually took a, a 45 caliber gun and I pointed it to my head and point blank I pulled the trigger. And so I cannot wait to come next week to hear the message on suicide. This was two, three weeks ago. Okay? And, uh, um, and so we began a conversation. And that's what we tell you. Hey, text hello to our church's number. That's all we want to do. We're not going to come knocking on your door. We're not going to do any of that. We're not going to invade you with spam or any of that. We just want to see how we can support you. And so he's like, hey i just heard because i was preaching i said don't miss next week i'm teaching on suicide and it's like i want to tell you my story i tried to commit suicide point blank pulled the trigger it's a long story we will share the story one day with you i promise but long story short he says i'm alive and and i um i want to i want to come and i want to be there in person Sure enough, the next week comes, I'm preaching on suicide. I find out he gets sick. He couldn't come. But thank goodness, thanks to our media team. Let's give it up for our media team, man. He tunes in, and he watches the message online about suicide. And the next week is Easter, and I meet my my new friend, Austin and I shake his hand and I talk to him for a few minutes and he tells me I hear that you you're getting people baptized next week I want to get baptized as well and Austin is here today and the thing about the decision that he made is he recognized that for whatever reason God kept him alive He's paralyzed, his left body's paralyzed somewhat. I don't know the extent of it. And of course, with that comes a lot of questions. How do you get up there? Those are steep stairs. How do you come down? How do you bapt? I don't know. But what inspires me, Austin, is your faith to be obedient in what God's called you to do. I believe, yeah, let's let's give it up for Austin. I believe that God is speaking to some of you today. Let his scourge be your encouragement. If you're here and God's speaking to you and you're not ready, but you want to get baptized, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. You guys stand up real quick, real quick. Everybody stand up and look this way. Here's what I'm going to do. Very simple. I'm going to wrap things up in a second. I'm going to pray. Okay. If you want to get baptized, you come this way. You're like, Pastor, I didn't sign up. I don't have any clothes. I don't have anything to change. Don't worry. We we got extra t-shirts. We bought plenty of shorts. We have tons of towels. We're ready for you. And you may be here because, I don't know, I will tell you, this is not coincidence. I believe that this is God-ordained, God brought you to this place because he wants you to believe, and he wants you to take that step of obedience. So here's what I'm going to do. Whether you've signed up or not, we'll go as long as we, we, we need to go. We will wait forever. Whoever needs to, we need to wait for it. It's okay. We're going to baptize you today. And so if you're here today and you're like, yes, that's me. Uh, your story is my story. I got baptized, but I really didn't mean it. This whole faith thing, I still have questions. I don't even quite understand baptism, but something is moving in my heart, and I don't know what it is, but I want to take a step of faith, and I want to be obedient, and if, if Austin, if he being paralyzed, if he can do it, I'm going to step forward, and I'm going to get baptized by faith in Jesus Christ. And if that's your heart today, We just want to open up a little space for you to tell the world, I'm in, I'm a Jesus fan. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're not a believer today and you want to to settle that once and for all, just ask Him. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So just ask Him it's childlike faith it's not religion I'm not selling you religion I don't care if you join a denomination all I want you is to have a relationship with your maker and in this very moment you can do that and the next step according to God's word is baptism so I want to ask you has there ever been a time when you've recognized your sins you've confessed them to the Lord and but you haven't gotten baptized I want to give you a chance today some of you I know man you're nervous and you don't know what to do and you don't want to do it and it's that spirit that, that wrestle right that, you're wrestling the flesh and the spirit I want to encourage you let Austin's courage encourage you would you pray for me? Would you pray with me? Lord, we don't want to play games with our faith. God, it's either real or it isn't. It's cosmetic or it's deep. Lord, thank you for the challenge that you put in front of us with this marker of baptism. Thank you for putting it right in front of our face, God, as a test. To see who's serious and who's not. To to see who's willing to go public and who isn't. And so God, I pray that you would help our people. Help us to do a soul search. Help us to be honest with ourselves. And give us the courage that we need to have to obey you with baptism, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to get baptized, this is your chance. Come this way. You're going to exit through these doors. You're going to see Shane. Let's give it up for those people that are getting baptized today. Come on, church. Come on. We can do a little bit better than that. Come on. You want to get baptized, this is your chance. Austin, come on, buddy. Come on, church. Let's keep clapping. Put our hands together.